Hello, heroes. Welcome to Modifier. I'm your host, Megan Dornbrock. Heroes, just a reminder that we're still in the middle of our one-shot network Patreon drive, and if you're not already a patron, you should know that the Secret Archive is just bursting at the seams with excellent new content, like con panels, unaired one-shots, positive system masteries, and Alex Roberts' beautiful poetry readings. That pledge level is just $5 a month. We're hoping to get up to 7,500 total pledges a month by mid-August, the network's fourth anniversary. And if we do, then James will be releasing Feng Shui 3 over on the One Shot podcast. Modifier will also have some content in the Secret Archive very, very soon. A little project I'm calling Modifier Henshin, which is a little audio log of my attempts to make a magical girl hack of every RPG. Or at least the ones I really, really like. It's fun. Come listen. This episode comes to you from way back in February when I got to chat with Robert Bull and Kimberly Lamb about misspent youth and the plethora of hacks that are about to be unleashed in the Kickstarter coming in just a few weeks. Rob wrote Misspent Youth many years ago, and it's being featured on the current season of Will Wheaton's game-playing video series, Tabletop. To fund a new print run, Rob is running a Kickstarter campaign that will also include a ton of new takes on the game from a variety of different people, one of whom is our other guest, Kimberly. We usually stick to the hacker POV when we discuss games here, so I'm really excited to share both sides of the dynamic with you this time. Let's get to the show. All right, I'm joined this week by Robert Bull and Kimberly Lamb. Rob, you might know from Misspent Youth, which is part of what we're going to talk about today, but uh, why don't I let both of you guys introduce yourselves a little bit, where people might know you from? Sure, yeah, I'm Robert Bull. Uh, I designed Misspent Youth like a decade ago and uh, still milking it. Uh, and uh, uh, I also, you know, I'm pretty active on G+, uh, and I had a podcast of my own for a while, The Independent Insurgency. Uh, so yeah, that's where you might know me from. Or, you know, most people in the world probably know, if they know me at all, know me because of uh, the fact that I'm going to be on Will Wheaton's tabletop show. Or my game will. <laughs> um, I'm Kim. I am online. That's really my thing. Uh, hang up mostly on uh, G+. Um, yeah, really, that's about it. Hey, that works. I, we all spend a lot of time online. So. <laughs> <laughs> and soon to be, you know, published game designer. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, actually, although arguably I did publish like a really fast hack of, um, what was it? Uh, Dimmed Pilgrim, which was written by mm. Vincent Baker. I was actually obsessed with it for a little while and I wrote like 5,000 hacks. And one of them was a, uh, a response to, uh, have art, uh, will game or something along those lines. Um, it was a little like contest where there's a bunch of art and we wrote games to suit the art, that sort of thing. Um, and I wrote a game called Atop a Lonely Tower, which is on our like drive-through RPG just for funsies. Um, awesome! So, ha! Huh, I, I have a thing. Yeah. I thought you might have had something. Yeah. <laughs> I have like little things sprinkled around here and there. Like I did some editing work for Levi Grinelson and some of his games. Um, <laughs> I don't think I have anything with written credit though, except for this hack for Misspent Youth. Yeah, you will have a, a credit now, which is very exciting. That's awesome. <laughs> cool. Um, we, we're going to talk all about uh, your hack. Um, typically, uh, we talk a, to people who have hacked games, um, but not yet have we had both the, the hacker and the game who's been hacked, I guess, the, the writer of that game in the same show. So Hacker and the hacky. Ha- hacker and the hacky, <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going to get some interesting perspectives, I think, today. Before we get too much further, uh, Rob, do you mind telling us a little bit about Misspent Youth, the basic core game here? Sure. It's a game, uh, to the tagline's uh, Teenage Rebellion in a Fucked Up Future. Uh, so you play, uh, uh, 12 to 17 year old kids, uh, in some sci-fi, uh, dystopic future. Uh, you co-create the villain and the world and then you create your group and then finally after all that you create your characters. So your characters actually, uh, are tied into, uh, the, the, the situation. Um, and uh then it it it's a structured game 
where you try to take down the authority, who's a bad guy who's, who's trying to destroy the world, some sort of villain force, uh, unthinking robot, uh, uh, civil practice, you know, uh, lots of different kinds of oppression. So, yeah, it's, it's a future oppressed where these children specifically in this group uh, are oppressed. And then in every uh, uh, session of the game, uh, it's got like a, a structure, like a three act structure kind of situation so that every time you play the game, uh, you get a, an actual story from a, a story game, which was one of my, uh, uh, sort of impetuses for that. Uh, but also I like structure. I, I, I can't stand any more GMing a game that doesn't tell me how to play the game. You want to put it on, on rails or what, like you just, you just like to have the, uh, the foundation to work from or? Well, I mean, I like it, it not not in the sense of like here's the plot, but you know, mm -hmm. in the sense of procedural uh, play, you know, like so like like a so recipe kind of. Yeah, the game instead of the game saying here's a bunch of stuff, you know what to do, yeah. you know, it tells you it tells you it gives you the tools uh, as players to 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 get things done. It tells you what happens in the, in the evening or the day that you're going to spend together. Uh, it provides you a structure to play in and, and it, it doesn't yeah. ever leave you saying, well, what do we do now? You know, that's basically the idea. Awesome. And Kim, had you played misspent youth before? Actually, no, I've heard of it. Like I, there's this huge long list of games that I want to play or look at or read, you know how it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and no, I, I've heard of it. Uh, it always sounded kind of interesting, but it never sort of, the stars never aligned, as it were. Rob was like, hey, you should, you should, like, write a world for me. I'm like, I haven't, I haven't read your game. He's like, cool, here it is. I'm like, oh, well, all right, I'll, I'll take a look. Um, and he's like, and you know, I'm also kind of interested in hacks and stuff, like, whatever. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. oh, a hack, you say? And I haven't even <laughs> read these rules, but I'm like, I like hacking. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I'm flipping through it. I'm like, oh, what would happen if I turn this upside down? Yeah, it would work. It would probably work. And I've I've read like the first chapter or whatever, and mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, Rob, I think maybe I have an idea for a hack. And every like ten minutes, I would send him another message going because I could do this or this or this other thing. <laughs> it was great. I love yeah. that. It's like getting art from someone, but it's like you know because it's like oh, here's a little present, but like it's a little brain art. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> is uh is that something that you also like in role-playing games like rob was talking about earlier sort of having that that toolkit as it were i approach games differently depending on what they are um so like for instance i i like a, a wide variety of games um and i like to play in a wide variety of games uh so uh like when i play DD, i call it the fighting robot game because the idea is you, you want to make the best fighting robot and then you send <laughs> it to fight other fighting robots and the world mm -hmm. which has saws <laughs> and fire and stuff and it's fantastic um and uh, I also like games that make me cry. So, um, like Monsinger 1244, uh, I think it's what it's called. Um, which is very structured. It, which is very structured, but also makes me cry every time. And that's great, but it, it's very different from a fighting robot game. Um, but, like, I mean, the, the fighting robot game is the one that has all of these different bits and pieces and you build stuff and, and you put it in the arena and the, the, I guess, uh, meaning of the arena is what you make of it. And there isn't a lot of guidance in that regard, but there's lots of guidance in how to make your fighting robot. Um, and then in Monster Girl 1244, the guidance is in the structure of the story and the, what you bring to the character is kind of, is suggested, but you kind of go from there within the constraints of, of the, the story structure, which is pretty cool. Um, in terms of running games, I'm actually uh, not especially fond of running fighting robot games, because like Rob, I, I, need, I need a little more mm -hmm. guidance on trajectories, on themes, and, and that sort of thing um, to get everyone on the same page, and so that we can sort of tell the story together in a way that, that works. So Cool. Um, so when he sent you misspent youth and you finally got a chance to, to read through it and peruse it like what was appealing about it that made you want to dig in and hack it and turn it upside down <laughs> um so anytime i read uh an rpg um looking at it sort of mechanically i i mean i'm interested in setting stuff and all the the color and that sort of thing and so the punk aspect was really fun and cool um but i'm also looking to see how it interfaces with the the system um to see 
how it supports it, what it does, how, how they, they integrate or don't together, how they support each other or don't, um, as the case may be. Um, and I like the gray areas, so sort of the, the edge cases where you're like, wait, does this mean this? Could we go off in this direction? And have we, like, what, what does it, if you change this thing, how does that affect that interface or, or not, as the case may be? Um, so, like, I mean, I really like that there were some, some clear distinctions with, with, uh, uh, the way you make your characters, the way you make your your authorities, and all that other stuff. Um, but what kind of drew me was this: the the um, convictions. They're they're juxtaposed. You get one, um, which is a a um, well, y you get this trait that describes your character, um, and through the game, uh, it can flip to another trait um, that's related in many ways. And the first trait is very like hopeful and idealistic, and and and, and youthful and innocent almost. And when it flips, it becomes hardened and, and terrible. And you've become a, like kind of a worse person. You've made this choice to, to scar your own soul to, to meet your goals. And so of course I'm like, oh, well, it always goes in that direction. What if you started in the other direction and went the other way? What would that mean? And that was like, I think the first thing I sent Rob. I was like, so <laughs> this is my thought on a hack. I wonder if it would work. And yeah, it, it totally does. It really does. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, the the really hilarious thing, though, is that I, in many ways, I cheated, um, because <laughs> the the structure of the game stays exactly the same. I don't ha didn't have to like stress test any of the mechanics because Rob did all of that years ago, right? Mm -hmm. So I more or less took advantage of all of his work, and then changed <laughs> all the the fiction around it. Mm -hmm. So really, he paid me to write a story. Like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> but we're calling it a hack. Yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty good. Oh, cool! And Rob, you have uh, there's several of these uh, that you're that you're incorporating into the Misspent Youth Kickstarter uh, hacks, and I believe are, are they also like just new settings? Um, yeah. So the deal is that uh, the Kickstarter is going to be like a new printing run for Misspent Youth Core Book, uh, mm -hmm. which is going to stay the same. The rules aren't going to change from the version that's been out for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, but a bunch of little edit fixes, you know, have been made, uh, right. uh, uh, minor things. Uh, but also we've added five settings, five worlds, I'm calling them in the book, uh, to the core, uh, rules. Uh, and then, you know, uh, we're also, uh, to give people sort of who already have the book, you know, a reason to check in on the Kickstarter and, and, uh, beyond just a few editorial fixes. I'm going to make those worlds available for free, uh, uh, so that anyone ha who wants to is not missing out on anything. Uh, but there's a, we decided to make a supplement and, uh, it combined with sort of like, I, I always, I don't like, uh, uh, sort of, uh, uh, stretch goals in Kickstarters, but one of the things I really love about them is how they introduce uh, audiences of designers to one another. Um, so, you know, in some cases, it's a, it's a case like Kim where I, she'll, you know, be an introduction to a lot of people. And if, and in some cases, you know, it's people who, you know, like Jared Sorensen or someone like that who, or uh, uh, someone like that who, or like, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Gregor Vuga, you know, uh, I should have this list while we're talking, <laughs> uh, Kira McGrann, you know, who, who have their own audiences that I can sort of trade with, you know, um, uh, and also I like, I like the opportunity to sort of like, you know, put forth voices that weren't just a white guy out of this success that I'm going to have from this tabletop appearance, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and so, yeah, those are the things I liked about stretch goals, but I didn't want to do a stretch goal. I just wanted to, uh, just make a thing, you know? Um, yeah. so I decided that I could make a bunch of, uh, worlds. Uh, I, I put out the, the uh, offer to a bunch of people and said, you know, I'd like to, you know, if, if you would make me a world or a hack or something, uh, uh, that would be great. So yeah, it's, it's settings, uh, and two hacks. Uh, uh, there's like at this point, 19 worlds. Uh, most of them have been written. Um, and the world is, should be like the, yeah, it's, it's pretty great. We're pretty, uh, the, the Kickstarter isn't for a while, but most of the material is done. Um, so, yeah. uh, uh it, it, there's like 19 worlds at this point, which is like, uh, the, the, the authority, the dystopia and the characters, uh, and a few of those actually have a bit of rules hacks in them too. Like Caitlin Bell did a bunch mm -hmm. of cool stuff where you have to make art. Uh, uh, to, to, to do you, to use special rules that she added to the game. 
Um, uh, and then two people, uh, 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 Kim and Daniel, uh, offered to write uh, hacks for the game. Daniel actually had already written a hack uh, of the game because he's been a longtime fan of the game and actually, you know, uh, made sure that I put something in there where everyone must feel like they're going to cry when you sell out or you didn't really sell out. Like that text is in there because he was like, oh, people could sell out easy. You got to make sure that, they, that it's tough, you know. <laughs> so he had the idea for a well. Should we go into? I don't know. Should I go into the his hack details? We haven't talked about Kim's yet. Um. Yeah. Let's save it for when we're talking about Kim's. Um. But yeah. I did want to ask you since you've you've taken you know your game your baby that uh, I mean yeah it's it's been a few years since you initially crafted it but you've reached out to twenty ish people and said change this like hack this make this like do things to this like what. What is that like? Is that something that you would have been comfortable doing 10 years ago when you made the game or like? Oh yeah. I'm very gregarious. I just wouldn't have had the idea Uh, (laughs) or, or the sort of the financial, you know, reason this is this game. uh, I'm proud of this game and I think it's done pretty well, but it's not been a game that everyone knows about. And, you know, uh, 600,000 to a million people watch, Will Wheaton show. So it's mm-hmm. about to get very well known, you know? Um, and so now I have the opportunity, uh, to, to have the financial, you know, reason to, to do this kind of collaboration. I, I actually don't think I collaborate on a single thing well with somebody, but it's very much like a role playing game in a lot of ways where like everyone's bringing their creativity in and we're working together, uh, you know, to make something cool together. Uh, and it also, it really, is resonant with the themes of a core theme of friendship and misspent youth, which I haven't mentioned yet. Uh, yeah. but it's, it's really integral in the game in, in many ways. Uh, you know, from the fact that you have to be a group of friends, uh, to the fact that, you know, oftentimes when you win, you're going to win using someone else's abilities, you know, that you sacrifice yourself for people, um, so that they can get what they need to get their, their freedom and their liberation and stuff. So, uh, it just is perfect to do it this way, you know? Cool. Oh, your, your game's just a, a mean little punk on the outside, but it's a little marshmallow inside. I love it. Well, that's what punk is to me. It's about love and it's about art. Uh, it's about love for the oppressed. Um, in addition to anger, uh, that anger comes from love and compassion. And uh, uh, so, yeah, to me, it's key. It's totally punk as well. Nice. So, Kim, as our hacker, uh, you did, mentioned that you had hacked a game uh, before doing Rob's game. Uh, and, and most of the people I think that I end up talking to hack games that like they, they find a game that they love and they want to mess with it in some way. Uh, but this hack was like asked for and sanctioned by the person who made the game. So um, is that experience different? Uh, yes and no. This is the first time that actually. OK. Let me back that up because apparently I'm wrong. <laughs> um, I was going to say this is the first time that the the original person like amplified it, but that's not true because Vincent Baker linked to my my first hack. So the, oh, cool. I'm, I'm full of lies. Um, <laughs> uh, like I I just hack as a way of of um, <clears throat> interacting with the text of an RPG because um, I mean obviously the the game isn't really fully the game until it's being played with people that sort of thing right you you end up discovering all sorts of things about it um, but when you read a text um, and you're looking at it you bring your own experiences to it so you can sort of see where the edges are you sort of see how things interact with each other you can sort of posit what the expected case is based on how it's written and all that stuff um, so I sort of do it as I'm reading a text generally right Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm interested or fascinated enough of it, I might write up a little thing just to kind of see what it looks like. Um, I guess here the difference was that <laughs> Rob was was very enthusiastic about it while I sent him like these these little <laughs> paragraphs every few minutes, just like, and how about this and this weird rule, and you know, no, this isn't going to work. Uh, and and that's really nice. What else? Uh, I mean, I guess the other thing is I I um. I spend a lot of time uh, talking with my friend Levi Cornelson, and he he writes a gazillion different things all the time. Um, and so we're constantly talking about the rule systems and what they imply and things you could do with them and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. so yeah, like I mean, I I imagine it could be different for other people, but it's just 
the way I interact with RPG texts. Yeah. So. Okay. Did Rob do anything to kind of help set you up towards making a hack of the game, other than just like, here, do this. <laughs> It'll be fun. <laughs> he was very enthusiastic the entire time. He's like, that sounds so okay. cool. That's amazing. That, that, I'm getting shivers over that. That's so neat. And, and that's super encouraging, right? Um, uh, especially when you're, when you're working through the sort of the ideas that you're having and seeing how they work and whether or not they make any sense or if they sound interesting. Um, having a cheerleader is great. And when it's the creator of the game who's cheering you on, that's also really cool. Oh, man, I bet that's going to help a lot. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about your hack. Okay. Um, what, did, what did you do to his to his game, to his baby? <laughs> okay, so uh, my hack... Okay, so his game is called Misspent Youth. And mm-hmm. because- I like stupid little jokes. I named my hack Youth is Wasted on the Young. <laughs> because the okay. the whole point of, of his, uh, the, I guess, one of the mechanical trajectories of the game is that through the game, you, you start losing your innocence, or you can lose your innocence, right? Uh, you become more hardened, um, and that is explicitly tied to being more like the authority, being more like the bad guy. You start to take on characteristics of the bad guy in order to win. And this is, while, while it means that mechanically you're winning your roles, uh, thematically, you're becoming further away from who you want to be and what you want to be and the world you want to live in, mm-hmm. right? And so there's there's that tension. Um, so I was thinking, well, what would happen if you started the other way around? What if you you started with if you were hardened and horrible and and everything was terrible, um, and you you went the other way? What would that look like? And so. Um, in this sort of brainstorming session, I was I was telling him about how it would be super cool if you were if you're playing like this old like broken mercenary horrible person, right? Um, mm. And and you had won like in misspent youth, you can you can win, you can create the world that you want to create, you can destroy the authority, you can do all this stuff. What if you and all of your friends had actually won and destroyed the authority? Everything was perfect. There was the dream, the utopia, and what if it broke? What if something went wrong and now you go, wait, I gave up everything to to make this dream come true and now it's broken? I don't think so. So so that's essentially the game. So I while um, mechanically it runs exactly the same, pretty much, um, okay. I pretty much took his themes and, and flipped them entirely. So you're this this horrible a terrible person that gave up everything to create a dream. The dream is broken, so now you're going to go out forcibly and fix it. And along the way, you might actually find again um, your your innocence, the the soul that you lost, um, because oh. you're you're fighting to bring back something good, and part of what you bring back is yourself. Oh, that's cool. Uh, have to, I mean, I, I guess this isn't out yet for people to play with. Um, do you think that people could play it, like revisit a a group from Misspent Youth, take them into your hack of the game, and kind of continue their story? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it'd be super cool. Yeah, yeah it's cool. kind of designed for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, in a way. Yeah. Like the the thirty years later. Mm-hmm. So. I, I should mention, by the way. Uh, she did make more changes than she's letting on and, and, and really <laughs> okay. cool things like, so, so in, in the game, uh, I wrote an explicit sidebar that says that you can't kill anybody. Uh, cause it's a game about friendship and it's the boring response. And it's, it's often not the worst outcome, you know, to just, you know, for, for someone, you, you could just imagine how that might be elegant or something. Um, so uh, it's too tragic, you know, but, but, I didn't, but also it's a game about friendship. So if someone dies and you're only playing three people, you know, is someone going to get subbed in every time? Like that feels false and stupid. And, and so, so, so I didn't want to do that ever, but then she gave me this like way to like make that work. That was really, really cool. Uh, and, and there are other things. I'm, I'm trying to get the, the file open and not lose the thread <laughs> of my conversation here to prove well, you wrong okay, and tell yeah. you how cool you are. See, I'd love to I hear more about how that, how, how you <laughs> make that work. Yeah, first the dogs and now all this. How I know, you? right? Well, and then I was just thinking, oh, but I'm also working on like the pseudo LARP thing for the Warbirds thing that Moira Tuckington is running. Man, I really mm-hmm. am full of lies. I do a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, I, 
Do you want to talk about some of these yeah, things? Yeah, well, now that you've kind of prompted my brain a little bit. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, if you're dealing with old people, you have to deal with death to some extent or another. Um, and to be fair, uh, I ended up reskinning it a little bit to not necessarily just being old people, although you can that's an obvious way to play it. Um, the, the idea is that you've played uh, like experienced people who are, who are scarred, right? So you could, depending on the setting, you could still be 14, 15 and, and play the game that way. Um, but I was thinking about death and I'm like, well, I don't want death to be on the table if people don't want it to be there. But how could you work it in? So you, you have to make death mean something, right? Uh, so I fiddled around with the numbers and the mechanics a little bit and wrote this little rule. Um, what did I call it? I call it throw the torch. Uh, but again, one of my stupid little in-jokes. It's actually a, a, a bit of a line from In Flanders Field. Um, to you from failing hands, we throw the torch. Be yours to hold it high. That, that bit at the end. Um, and, uh, and the idea is that you can decide your character dies. And if that mm. happens, you describe it, it's a big, huge deal. Everything is, is a big, huge deal. It's your giant death scene. Um, and from then on, it is mechanically easier for everyone to, to win each of the struggles. But it's the last episode. The game ends after this episode. Mm. So, like, if okay. you want to trigger it early, you can, but then the likelihood of you sort of winning against the Broken Dream or the Authority, depending on, on if you're playing Misspent Youth uh, normally or if you're playing my hack. Because um, it tells you you can, you can add this. She tells you how to add the rule to Misspent Youth, which is oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it, it wasn't that hard. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> um, so uh, it, because it ends the game, it's like, well, okay, you don't want to do it in your first thing or your first episode because you'll just end up losing, right, in the long run. Um, but it does mean that if you're sort of hitting the end, right, and, and maybe you're just playing to see when you hit the end condition sort of thing, and maybe you're like, well, maybe we should round it off sometime soon. If you find the opportunity, this is a, a grandiose, over-the-top, let's end it now in a big bang kind of way, which is a lot of fun. Cool. Mm -hmm. Your hack being sort of the reverse of Misspent Youth, do you think that you get uh, tonally like different stories out of your hack than you do out of Misspent Youth, or are they sort of similar in that way? I feel like, yeah, you'd, you'd end up getting a, a bit of a difference because, I mean, the trajectory of misspent youth is um, from innocence to, like, scarred experience, potentially. Yeah. Right? Um, and from, in my hack, you're, you're scarred and then you sort of rediscover yourself. Um, one of the things that I do a little bit differently, um, in misspent youth, you have friendship questions. So to help you define the friendships that your characters have. Um, Oh, shoot. What did I call them in my game? Uh, loose ends. Thank you. So the, yes. So the idea in, in Youth is Wasted on the Young, um, your, your clique gets back together. You get the band back together in order to uh, deal with this broken dream. But you may or may not have drifted over time. So instead, you have loose end questions. So you have an emotion directed at one of these other people and maybe you're you're still friends but maybe you're not and but there's a loose end between you two and you sort of can define that during the game and and during the game you can also explore that and it helps define where your characters were what you sort of left behind and it gives you a second chance to deal with those loose ends awesome it's really cool speaking of getting the band back together i guess uh <laughs> do you want to talk a little bit about daniel's hack while we're talking about yeah, hacks or? perfect yeah Good, good, good segue. Uh, now that I called attention to it and underlined it. Uh, <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> no, go ahead. So anyway, Daniel's uh, is called Outrageous Youth, uh, and it's about bands uh, versus bands. Uh, so uh, in the spirit of like Josie and the Pussycats or like uh, – what are some of the other examples? Gem and the Holograms. The Gem and the Holograms, yeah. yes. Yeah. That's what made me squeal uh, like a, a small girl. <laughs> <laughs> Outrageous Youth is a game uh, about uh, a, instead of it being uh, between a, a clique of, of oppressed kids uh, and uh, and the authority, you've got a band who's special in some way. They're they're different and unique, and they care about mm -hmm. something together. They have something that they love uh, uh, as as a group. Uh, and then there's another band that hates the thing that they love. So maybe you love beauty and you want to show that everything that you make or what you are is beautiful, but people don't think so. Um, so like, you know, you got different kind of music or, or, um, 
maybe you don't look like what people think of as beautiful, that sort of thing. Or you are, you're, you're, you love, you're, there's some sort of gender or sexuality difference that, that separates you from the world uh, at large, or, or you've got some political you know, way that makes you, uh, uh, some love, uh, of, of a political environment, uh, uh, stopping war, that sort of thing. Uh, or it could just be about, you know, like the friendship between your characters, or it could be some sort of class race, race or ethnicity that you share, uh, that you have, you know, love for and love for one another through. Uh, and then whatever that is that you love, the, your rival band hates, um, mm-hmm. And you also have like a special ability. So like, oh, you've got this supercomputer that can project holograms or your robots from the future or your sorcerers that whose songs are magic spells. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's really neat. And, uh, it, it also, so you create your member of the hero band of the, of the love band. Uh, and then you also create your rival member who plays the same instrument as you, uh, in the opposing band. Oh, okay. So each person has their band member and their rival? Yep. Oh, cool. And then the rival player plays those rivals against... against them. And it was really great. I tested this at, at, uh, at, Rage, at, at Metatopia tw- uh, uh, last year, I think. And there, we actually uh, commissioned a song uh, called Misspent Youth. It's this great like pop punk song uh, for the Kickstarter video. Oh. And uh, there's a there's a mechanic in the game where uh, it's sort I think it's the the sellout like mechanic where you can win if you are going to lose, uh, but you have to rock out for like 90 seconds to a song that you your band chooses your group chooses to be your band's like like pump up song you know, mm-hmm. uh, and and so we we rocked out I have this video on my phone to like a, a couple of my friends and some some strangers like rocking out to like this song that I sent to the guys who made the song, uh, it was really great we we played this like sort of proto uh riot girl band in the 90s early 90s and then cool. their opposing band was like this corporate punk band <laughs> pretty great corporate punk i like that okay. so so kim what um what inspired you to essentially flip misspent youth on its head to take a look at it backwards i guess um so l- like i said i i often read texts to look at where where the edges are like what when you have a mechanic that it, it has edges and, and what does the edge imply, right? Um, so, like, when there's a rule that says, ah, you go only in one direction, my, in, my inclination is to go, well, what happens if you go in the other direction? Um, and, I mean, mechanically, in this case, nothing really. Like, there are some games where you roll dice and stuff, so if you're like, well, what if you add a million dice? Oh, then the number gets ridiculously high. And, <laughs> It's, it's, it's silly. Um, in this case, it's like, well, nothing mechanically, but it does sure imply a lot about the themes and what the characters are doing. And, and yeah, the way that those, those themes and those elements are tied directly to the directionality of, of the conviction mechanic meant that it changed everything if you go backwards. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to sort of play around with it and sort of feel out the, the implications of it. Very cool. Were you one of those kids that would ask why over and over and over again? <laughs> Often, yes. Okay. <laughs> She's a scientist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a theme here. It's very cool. <laughs> yep. It's, it has produced some very interesting results. Um, <laughs> It sure has. It like I was enthusiastic because I mean I've always wanted the game to be hacked and 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 I get I I thought that it wouldn't be able to be hacked because it's very specific. It's got a lot of like specific ways things are done that have developed over like way too long of playtesting it. Mm-hmm. But to get these, two, but there was value in that because like Kim said, she could just she knew it worked. She could just change a, a few things. Uh, but it's really, you know, sort of flattering and wonderful to have this, you know, it's, it's, it's great. And also I feel like it's appropriate because Misspent Youth itself is like a hack of like five different games, you know, it's like mm-hmm. shock and like dogs in the vineyard and like, you know, uh, uh, fate and, you know, a bunch of other games, uh, that yeah, I was inspired by. So it's great to have that get in turn, um, hacked. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, my, my life with master by Paul Sega. I should mention mm. that. That's like 
it's really shocking my life with Master. Oh, and, and pet Primetime Adventure. See what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> But reading through Misspent Youth, like the, the tone of the game itself is, to me anyway, reads uh, as very distinct and very Rob. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because so... we play together. We, we know each yeah. other, audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've known you for a little while now, and reading through, I'm like, yeah, Rob wrote this. Like, this is, <laughs> this is his. Um so is that something, is, is like the, the tone or the voice of these hacks and worlds something that you fostered or wanted to address with people? Or have people just sort of, you know, written these things in their own voices just naturally? Or like, what has that been like? So, yeah, I guess I, I, I just, I've learned that I really like writing in voices because I'm doing that with this other game and with several mm-hmm. other games. And I also like writing about oppression. So it's great that 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 I get these people you know all these different voices in and I was I've been very careful you know with our editing process to you know make sure that I don't squash people's voice out you know Um, uh, that I I make sure that it's it's up to the standards that I want for what I'm publishing and that I'm proud to say that I I I put this thing together you know but I also don't ever want to step on someone's voice, you know? And so I'll often like, I'll leave notes for like the editor. Cause I'm sort of the processes. I do a little editing pass with the author and then we pass it on to our editor editor. So I'll leave notes for the editor saying, you know, I know this is weird. We're going to leave this, uh, you know, or this mm. explicitly violates something I told you, you know, we're going to leave it like, uh, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, lost my thread sorry <laughs> okay. so but yeah there was a there was a conscious effort then to like yeah. preserve and nurture other voices in these yeah okay and, and to do like there i also should mention bill white's amazing uh uh jane austen like world uh, where it's about these, uh, mm-hmm. young women who are gonna, you know, who are destined to fall into terrible marriages unless they can stop mm-hmm. the patriarchy from, from ruining their lives. Oh uh, and the whole thing is written in this wonderful, like, Jane Austen-ish, uh, language. And, uh, uh, it's just, it's, it makes me smile enormously just to think about. Mm-hmm. I showed it to my girlfriend who loves Jane Austen and she was like, oh, God, this is amazing. And she was like, I, oh, he should put it this way. Oh, no, I shouldn't say that. Because like, she was so excited by the voice uh-huh. that she was like really invested and wanted to. And she got to meet him at, at, at Metatopia and she was like gushing over, over it because he, his, his, he gets that tone just right. And it's funny because, you know, Bill White, he's, a, he's like an older guy, 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 you know, like sure. he's, he's not, he's not like, you know, uh, a, a woman <laughs> or a feminine person in any way. Uh, uh, but, but he captures this like really feminine voice in, in a great way that's, that I'm shocked by. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I, you're describing her reaction and your reaction. I'm doing the same thing over here. I know you can't see me, but I'm, I'm super <laughs> excited. Like, that sounds great. I want all of these. Like, these are all fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't wait to share. Like, I, I, it's, it's hard for me not to like just dump everything now. Cause like, I, I love it so much. I want everyone else to see it. <laughs> soon, soon we will have it. Yeah. Um, I'm excited, but uh, let's let's talk about tabletop a little bit. The 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 thing that is the catalyst helping to make all of this happen and and let us have these games. So, Misspent Youth is going to be on tabletop. I'm just doing quick math in my head when we're airing this episode, which is probably before. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be on tabletop. Uh, you know the date. Yeah, I'll tell you. So it's going to be on tabletops like Walled Garden, uh, uh, Project Alpha, uh, where they it's a monthly subscription service where you can see a bunch of things. It'll be on there April 12th, uh, but it's going to appear on YouTube on uh, July 5th and the week after, which I think is July 12th, because it's okay. a two-part episode. So, uh, uh, so uh, yeah, that's when it'll be on on. on. Cool. Okay. And then Tabletop, for people who don't know, is Will Wheaton's uh, web show uh, where they play games. It's usually been board games. I feel like when they started out, I feel like it was mostly board games, Um, but they've been branching out into other tabletop games. Yeah, they do Uh, a few role-playing games a year, very few, which was very flattering. (laughs) Yeah. How how did that happen? Can you you talk about that at all? Like, Sure. Absolutely. Uh, So uh, I met 
I, I sort of in passing met Will uh, very sort of not even met Will. Will walked <laughs> through the, uh, the 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 forge booth uh, uh-huh. at, uh, at Gen Con one year uh, when I had misspent youth out, and people started running to him like flies and and putting books in his shoving books in his hand and be like, Will, check this out, check this out. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> which yeah. I was part of that swarm. A friend <laughs> of mine was like, Hey, look behind you. And I was like, Oh shit. And I, you know, and, and I went over and gave it to him too. And, and, uh, because, you know, he's got this huge, he wasn't running his show at the time, but you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's a famous he's... dude on the internet, you know? Sure. Everybody knows he's a nerd that plays yeah. games and yeah. So, uh, I figured, okay, cool. Uh, that's, that's all that is, you know, it'll go on his shelf and that's fine. Or maybe not even that. And that's fine too. <laughs> uh, and I don't, uh, so, but, but anyway, separate from that, uh, Will's people were doing research on what games should be around, you know, uh, uh, what, what games they should play in the fourth season. And, uh, uh, I think that the guy that I spoke to said he was like attracted to the cover and he was like, huh, mm-hmm. what is this? Cause it's an amazing cover. <laughs> and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and so he looked into it and it was like, he, he knew what Will's tastes were and he asked Will, you know, what about this game? And was like, huh, I think I have that game. Uh, I think uh-huh. I got that on my shelf. And, and so, you know, he was enthusiastic about it and, and, uh, uh, I, they asked me if I would be willing to come out because they want to make sure they bring a representative from the companies out to the tapings because they want to make sure they get the rules right. I guess there was a thing like in season three where mm. some of the rules like had gone wrong and, and people got really, really upset and Will yeah. really didn't like that. Yeah. Um, so it was really important to him that he represent the game accurately. accurately. Awesome. So I go there and I'm on set and I am there. I'm well before the game, before the whole thing starts. I, I I had to tell them how to play the game, make sure they understood the game, and then my job was to be on set and like raise my hand if a rule ever went wrong, uh, and and go and explain it to them. Oh, cool! Nerds on the internet got mad about rules accuracy. Who saw that coming? Um, Shocking. That that's cool that it it resulted in you being able to go and watch this happen and uh, meet like a childhood hero. I've loved Will since since Aww. Star Trek. Yay! Oh, I was always jealous of of Wesley. So. How come he got to be in space and I didn't? Um, but he's a cool, dude. He really is a cool dude. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> he was really, really nice and like and and like political and smart and mm-hmm. funny and angry and really great. Like like the kind of person you know, not to sound like a stereotype, but I was like, I bet I'd be that guy's friend, you know, because he's just got that mm-hmm. kind of like. He's a real person, as as cool. people are. <laughs> yeah, it it's nice to hear that though, because I mean, some real people apparently aren't very real people. E so like it's it's nice and reassuring to hear that people that we look up to or or admire in some way are. But uh, so so you get to sit there and watch them play this. Uh, how how is that experience like watching these people play this game and sort of helping facilitate that in, in some way, how's that different from uh, experiences you've had facilitating at a convention? Like, is it more stressful? Is it like super weird? It was, it was like running from lions while high. Like it was, it was insane. It was like terrifying because I was there to correct like, let's, we haven't even talked about who was at this. Oh yeah. Matt Fraction. Oh, geez. Uh, the okay. author of the the comic writer mm-hmm. who does like Hawkeye, I think is the thing most people know him for. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's a lot other things that I'm I'm kind of comics ignorant these days. And then Kelly Sue DeConnick, who did like the iconic Captain Marvel yeah, and yeah, Bitch yeah. Planet, which I read, I bought and read on the plane because they told me who she was on the plane. So like I'm desperately trying to download this. And I'm like, someone oh. wrote a misspent youth game <laughs> and turned it into a comic book. Uh, and then She's Amy awesome. Dolan, who like writes for them as well, uh, and and so like all these amazing people who I was like really in, in awe oh. of, and my job was to correct them. <laughs> it was to interrupt oh, their no. flow, tell them they're doing it wrong, and and also I wa- I was stressed the entire time because when we started there was there was a rule that that a lot of people find difficult to to get, which mm-hmm. is that you roll the dice without knowing what you're going to do. Okay. Which everybody who's ever role played, they say, "I'm going to do this," then they roll. And then, they, yeah. And hmm. the this, this the reason that it's structured that way is that if you make a plan, 
there's a good chance that the dice will tell you that that plan it doesn't make sense at all. Like it just fictionally, positionally doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I sort of turned that, that difficulty into virtue and I said, you're emulating teenagers. And it's the sense of jumping out the window and building your wings on the way down. Um, mm-hmm. You act when you know you have to act. Uh, which also affects the way that, that the authority is played because you're pushing people to make them feel, oh God, I have to do something about this and, and just do it. Um, so, but that's hard for people to understand. And, 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 yeah. and so I was nervous that, that, you know, cause I, I got that through to them, but I was like, what else is like this hidden time bomb waiting to explode that's going <laughs> to ruin their day? Um, but also they made such amazing stuff that I can't talk about. Uh, <laughs> uh, that you'll be able to see soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and, and it was exhilarating to like meet these people and see people play and to know that for once in my life, I was going to make real money, like make money as <laughs> creativity. Like up to sure. this point, you know, I've been able to like afford some nice lunches at cons, you know, but you know, hotels are expensive and, and this game has a, has a long tail <laughs> with yeah. a small hump at the front that's now going to have a giant hump at the end of it. Um, mm-hmm. or not the end, you know, it's somewhere in the middle, sure. I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, so it, it was, it was like insane feeling. Yeah. How, how much did you apologize every time you had to correct them? Like, <laughs> it was, was cor- it? so thank, <laughs> I, I know thank- I would have. I I did. I, and it's, I didn't want to be annoying. So I managed to cap it, but like, thankfully, <laughs> uh-huh. like, what I could do is they had like the production staff on the, on, on the video village with me. So I could like just lean over and this is the way they, I was supposed to do it. I just mm-hmm. lean over and I would explain how the rule was, you know, wrong and, and, mm-hmm. and whatever. And there's actually one moment where like, um, Will, uh, made like a, a house rule and, and said, all right, we're going to run this scene, you know, this way that, that works for me. Let's just do that and, and, and move on. And so, that was great too, to like, speaking of hacks, to see him mm. like hack the game live and be like, okay, yeah, we'll do, we'll do it this way. Um, which, which was, <laughs> which was basically that someone was like, the scene started and someone was like, Hey, you know what? I have this really amazing idea to sell out. Can I sell out and we'll just move on? And so mm. he was like, sure. Cause it was an amazing idea. So <laughs> cool. We should get yeah. him on the show next. He'll tell us all about it. <laughs> um, so having your game like played in this situation and under this kind of unique scrutiny, does that, did that change the way you felt about your game at all in any way? Like for, for better or for worse? It I, it actually made me feel a little bit worse. Oh no. <laughs> but but to, about it, it's just cause like, here's how I described it. I, it's, it's a more fragile, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a jet plane, you know, if you fly it right, it, it's amazing, but it's a little bit brittle. Like if, and, and I think I'm a little hypersensitive about it. The things that I think are terrible, probably most people wouldn't notice, but it's like important to me that like, uh, you know, like that, that in the second scene, you come up with the kickoff that drives the, the thing and you come up with a question so that for the seat, for the episode, your question is, you know, is this going to happen or is that going to happen? That's very important to drive the story and not have the GM feel like, their, their, or the authority feel like their, their souls being drained out of their feet, you know, uh, by, by constantly having to come up with stuff. Uh, uh, what's going to happen now? What's going to happen now? You know that the episode is going to be about that question, but I had to stop them and say, Hey, you forgot the question. And, and so like, Oh, does that really matter? Cause the game went fine and it probably would have went fine if I hadn't done that, but I know it's important. So yeah, I, I, I thankfully in talking it out with you, I think I'm just being stupid and the game's fine. Nah. Yeah. Well, you're, I'm, I'm sure the game is great and that you're not being stupid. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess I so. set you up with an inevitable. <laughs> I was like, wait, no, that's not what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> the, the timing of this episode coming out uh, of Will Wheaton's tabletop episode coming out rather, uh, is you've coordinated the Kickstarter to come out alongside of that, right? Yeah, we decided to go with the the YouTube release date because we figured that would be the, the bigger audience. Uh, mm-hmm. I do hope that, that, uh, that they are successful uh, with with what they're trying to do uh, in in alpha because uh, that's where a bunch of like there's several other let's play type shows on that network that could really elevate a lot of people's careers and and you know yeah. get these games out to a lot of people. Um, so I hope they do well, but I do think that that most of the audience is gonna uh, 
going to be tuned in for YouTube. And also, uh, apparently, according to my publisher, Luke Crane, who happens to work at Kickstarter, he doesn't <laughs> think anyone's ever done this, like timed uh, 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 Kickstarter with a, with a tabletop release. So uh, it could turn out to be really, really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so. Um, so uh, we talked about the Kickstarter a little bit at the beginning, uh, and it's going to have contributors like Kim, who is still here. I'm sorry. We haven't forgotten about you. <laughs> oh, okay. um, this is fascinating listening. Do, do you have any strong feelings about Tabletop and or Will Wheaton and or... Uh, I watched it on occasion. Like, it's, it's actually really great to see people play the game and, and figure out kind of how it goes. Like, that's a really big sell for me because I, mm -hmm. uh, I, I mean, there's, there's so many games you want to play and want to do and that sort of thing, so... So I like it, and it's it is going to be really interesting to see what the effect of um, tabletop will have on on the Kickstarter here, just because the audience is much wider and is much yeah. more like diverse. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of of indie game designers talk to each other a lot, and mm -hmm. and reaching out <laughs> to different communities like that's not a bad thing. It's not like it's a yeah. it's a community of like three or whatever, but like I mean, it reaching out to new communities that don't have a, a personal tie in is really cool. I'm a little bit nervous about that part because I'm going to suddenly become just, just, you know, some person <laughs> instead of like, mm -hmm. oh, that guy I know. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. but I'm hopeful that there won't be too many un unpleasant people. Yeah. To be fair, this is like kind of scary for me too because I'm like, I've, yeah, I'm like this ex, this hobbyist that flies under the radar. Like even I forget half the sh stuff I've worked on because I work on lots of little things, right? And, mm -hmm. and now it's like, wait, if this is huge and people are really into the hack, which they may or may not be, I don't know. Like, Huh. That's interesting. I hope you have that problem. I hope we all have that problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it'll, yeah, and, and they'll be like, what are you working on next, Kim? And I'm like, oh, I'm just working on this LARP about the like familial tension after the Cambodian genocide. Nothing major. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, you know, just as little one, stuff like that. As one does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Is there what else do we need to know about the Kickstarter? Uh, um, it's it's going to be pretty simple. Uh, it's going to be like, do you want to follow it? Do you want PDFs? Just don't give me any stretches um, that I can envision. Uh, I don't even. I, I, there's going to do a few maybe signed copies, and and that's about it. It's it. Uh, I just like that. <laughs> I know mm -hmm. that I probably could make a lot more money if I like kind of drove the machine and. And did that stuff, but mm -hmm. it just, I don't, I want to relax and, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be stressful. I have a lot of friends who are stressed out about their Kickstarters and I don't want to be that. I want to just be like, oh, that's more money. Hooray. Oh, that guy didn't want it. That's fine. All right. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll be awesome. I, uh, I'm excited to see how all of this unfolds. We'll have links to all of those things. I'll shout about them on the Twitters when they, each, each piece of this drops. So, uh, any anything else we should touch on about the the game or uh, or the hacks that you've got coming? Or, I guess the we, the two hacks we've got other settings and stuff. Uh, not not really. Okay. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to say, Ken? Mm, can't really think of it offhand. No, I think we're we're good. Well, then, uh, where can people find both of you on the internet? Um, so mostly I'm on G+, uh, just my full name, Kimberly Lamb. Um, <laughs> eventually one day I might hang out on the Warbird, like be on the Warbird stuff. I, <laughs> this is terrible that I forgot I was working on it. Um, <laughs> right? Like I have so many little things floating around. Mm -hmm. and this is the thing that I've been, been kind of working on forever. Uh, um, so if you don't know, Warbirds is an anthology of games focusing on women, um, during World War II. Uh, yeah. and roles and things and it's it's really fantastic it's a range of like tabletop top larp uh, scenarios and, and that sort of thing it's really great um, and as <laughs> as I mentioned I'm working on a game called blood is thick that uh, focuses on the tensions within a family after the Cambodian genocide um, in and I'm working on it in large part because uh, there are members of my family who died in that genocide so um, oh wow that's right and you know Every, it's it's this thing that I've uh, sort of been working on, and it was 
And much like with Rob, who, who wandered up to me and said, here, do this thing. Uh, Mo did the same thing. I was like, I, I saw Warbirds. I thought it was fantastic. And she said, oh, cool. Did you want to contribute? I'm like, eh, I don't know. I mean, if I were going to do a game, it would probably be about the Cambodian side. Because, you know, but that's not really World War II. And she's like, let me tell you about how I can help you with that. And I went, oh, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, and she's been oh, super supportive about so that. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Mo's so, great. I mean, yeah. eventually one day. Uh yeah, I. She's a great role player too. I've never seen someone cry while role playing. She's amazing. Seriously, you've never seen anyone. Oh man, I play games where I cry all the time. It's the only yeah. time I do. It's, it's to remind myself I have a soul. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't wait to see those things, Kim. Every time you talk mm-hmm. about it, it sounds really cool. Yeah, well, it, pick up Warbirds if nothing else. Anyways, because um, yeah. yeah, they're they're fantastic. Um, yeah, anyways, that was my long-winded way of saying I'm on G+. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, I'm on G+, as well. Uh, I also have a Twitter and Facebook account, uh, but I don't use them too often. Uh, and there's uh, the game's site is misspentyouthgame.com or misspentyouth.robertbowl.com, whichever one sticks in your mind. Um, and I'm also working on a new game. I, it, it's funny, everything, when I got Misspent Youth done, it was only because I was working on like a, a Game Chef game at the same time. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, I, it's called Demi Humans. It's a Powered by the Apocalypse game, uh, about, you play, uh, like elves, dwarves, trolls, orcs, halflings, uh, at the sort of the dawn of the human age as they're, uh, being extinguished from, the land and uh uh you know and and it's it's a it's sort of it's it's at this point it's very close apocalypse world hack because they live in uh you know dwarves are are are, their skin is flaking off because they're under the sun too much and like (laughs) you know elves are all constantly riven with 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 uh sadness that just begs them to go to the next world and and so it's it's they're in destitute horrible conditions with a with a human government that's out to destroy them and also Mm. a uh or human society really not even government and and also like you know sort of black hat burn it all down people from their own sides so that's that's like I said I can't seem to not write about uh, oppression apparently <laughs> mm, topical um, yeah <laughs> yeah okay. well that's that's something I do want to say about this Kickstarter is is that it's been really uh, helpful to me as our country shits the bed uh, <laughs> to to have this this Kickstarter coming out that that um, hopefully we'll have an anti-Trump image on the back that's our plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's two worlds in the in the game actually, or three, maybe more, four <laughs> that have like Trump or a Trump-like thing as as the authority. Uh, not not exactly, you know. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's elements of it that are Trumpian, but uh, 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 yeah, there's a lot of hitting on that theme because everyone was very anxious about it. We figured, oh, it's just going to be this fun lark. Uh, well, we'll look back on it and be like, oh, isn't that ridiculous? That would that did, but no, yeah. So now. This Kickstarter is, is as Luke put it, uh, uh, making art while the, the world burns, you know? Yep. Um, uh, and and it, it makes – I, I, the only way I can feel good about this and not feel like, like I'm – I just I, – the, the fact that there's so much anti-Trump shit makes me feel okay about profiting off of that perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Just because it feels like I'm at least thumbing my eye at something, although no one is ever going to care. Uh, uh it still feels like uh, I'm uh, I'm using that that little blip of a voice that I'm going to get to remind everyone that we're living in in horrifying times and what's going on right now is completely unacceptable on every level. Yeah. Well, hopefully when this airs, maybe something will have shifted a little. Um, yeah, that would be nice. It so. would be. I got a daughter coming, so that's that's what I'm yeah. focusing on to hope. Oh, <laughs> Rob, I don't think I knew that. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Oh. oh, what a good note. Okay. Yeah. I was like, oh, we're going to end on such a... Oh, I know. <laughs> Yay! Yay, okay. babies! Yay! Good times. Thank you both so much. This has been awesome. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. You're my Thank first you podcast interviewer. Go you! <gasps> Yay! <laughs> oh, boy. Now you've been indoctrinated into the, <laughs> the podcast culture. Everyone has a, has a podcast. You'll be on all of them soon. <laughs> That sounds like work. Oh, so, like, I, I, I Megan's work. my last. I, by the way. 
Huge thanks again to Robert and Kimberly for being on the show. Check out their links in the show notes and keep an eye out for the Kickstarter, which launches June 29th. That's it for this week, heroes. You can find Modifier on Twitter at Modifier Podcast or at the headquarters at modifierpodcast.tumblr.com. You can send comments, questions, or contribution suggestions to modifierpodcast at gmail.com. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes as that helps more people find us. Modifier is a proud member of the One Shot Podcast Network, an amazing family of RPG podcasts that includes incredible shows like One Shot, Campaign, Backstory, and Talking Tabletop. Modifier's theme music was created by my favorite Bothan, Cat Greenfield, whose myriad talents are on display at catgreenfield.com. Join me again in two weeks for another episode of Modifier. See you then. <laughs>